Blog Talk Radio. Kingway, Fox, Beerlock is acting very weird. Captain Pike, Crystal's wife, Klingons, and the afterlife. Boimler, Tendi's dog, Ransom is very harsh. Four drive, Black Alert, Giorgio has gone berserk. Teacher, bad left, Edward is an idiot, Fuck is dead, Wolf is wed, Chekhov's wearing red. Tita's cat, Kempak's cat, Q has had enough of that, beam me up, make it so, everybody let's go. We are Trekkies and Trekkers around the globe. It's Thursday night. We're live at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is Trek Talking, and I'm your most excellent host, Uncle Jim. God, I love that song. Every time I hear that song, it just gets me in the mood to Trek Talk, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to Trek Talk for the next two hours, so settle in and get ready because we have a lot to talk about. We're going to be talking about time amok. That's right. Not amok time. Time amok, which was last week's episode of Star Trek Prodigy. We're going to hear what the fans thought about it and what we thought about it. We're going to see how close we are to our Facebook fans, so you definitely don't want to miss that. IDW has a new comic book coming out about K-Less. We're going to dive into that a little bit as well. And uh, Star Trek Discovery has been nominated for another GLAAD Award. We'll get the inside on that. And guess who's back? That's right. Khan! He's back. We're going to hear from that about what's going on with that. And Aaron Nog Eisenberg gets honored by Star Trek Heroes Collection. I wonder how. You'll have to stay tuned to find out. But that's not all. We have convention calendars and we have Star Trek birthdays. So before we get too far on the show, let me introduce my awesome Trek experts. We'll start off with Charles. Charles is out in Las Vegas. How are you doing tonight, Charles? I'm doing good. Uh, low 60s a day, but windy. So, nice day, but it's a good day to be inside, too. How, how can uh, you survive temperatures like that, those Arctic temperatures? How can you survive that? Um, that must be brutal. I'm trying my hardest. That's got to oh, be well, brutal. I'm not happy with the 30s in the morning. I still was oh, man. the 40s back. It was 28 degrees here, and Karen actually opened the windows. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, anyways, and we also have with us Eric. Eric is out in Portland. How are you doing, Eric? Uh, it's another beautiful day in Portland, Oregon. We have some of that wind going on, too, Charles. I don't know what's going on, but the sun is shining, and it's kind of in the mid-40s or so, so not too shabby. And, uh, man, we've got, some, we've got some good stuff to talk about tonight. I'm excited about some of these articles we're going to talk about, people. Yeah, we do have some good stuff. And uh, speaking of the Star Trek Hero Collection, I have to say to everybody, I have in my grubby little paws right here, I have a copy of Star Trek The Book of Grudge. That's right. I have it in my hand right here, and I want to give it to you. But there's a, there's a catch. You have to call 646-668. 2433 to win it. It's perfectly simple. 
And, um, yeah, you have to call to win. And if you're listening to the show um, not live, which the majority of our people uh, don't listen live, actually, and that's totally cool, but I'm talking about maybe someone like Sharon Fagan, maybe, from Ireland. Um, If you're listening to this podcast at any other time than right now, you can still give us a call on the next podcast. And I'm going to keep on mentioning this on every show until one of you guys calls up and says, hey, Uncle Jim, I want the Book of Grudge, and I will drop it in the mail to you. It's that simple. Uh, Just got to call 646-668-2433, and you will get the Book of Grudge. It's really an enjoyable – it's not really a book, guy. What would you guys call it? Uh, I would call it a uh, a a little uh, notebook or diary of uh, grudgisms. Yeah, I I I was I gotta say I was a little disappointed because I thought it was a book, but it's not a book. Yeah, it's like Eric said, it's more it's, of like a, a it's a book. It's uh, just a tiny book. It's a it's a yeah, tiny grudgeism. book. Yeah, and they're grudgisms. They're like little. It's like reading one of those uh, Winnie the Pooh books where there's just uh, little life affirming sort of sayings along the way. And they are very cute and adorable. I don't. I don't want to begrudge it at all, but it is. Uh, no, it's a tiny little book. If you're a cat owner, you'll love it. I mean, if oh, there's great. one in there I where Grudge it. says something. Grudges, grudges thoughts on time and grudges like, well, well, if I'm up, then it's time for you to be up too. <laughs> so if you're a cat Truth. owner, Truth. there's so much in there. And I love the pictures that they have in there. There's some great pictures of Grudge and of the rest of the crew and uh, Grudge's thoughts on Tilly's hair, for instance. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed flipping through it. Perfect. Uh, it was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, I have a copy here, and I want to give it to you. You need to give us a call at 646-668-2433, and I'll drop it in the mail to you. Very simple. I'd love for you to read it. And then you can give us a call and tell us what you thought about it and what your favorite grudgeism is out of the book. So that's pretty cool. Hey, and uh, as of right now, we have 83,275 downloads. Just wow. Thank you so much. To each and every one of you guys. I, I never thought we would see that number that high, but it just keeps going up and up and up, which is great. So thank you so much. And we also have 82,054 followers on our Facebook page. And you could be one of them by just heading over to Trek Talking and Beyond. You have to stick the and in there and spell it all out. Give us a like. Give us a follow. And you'll see the Live Long and Prosper at the top of the page. All you need to do is tell us where you're listening from. Every week I pick 15 lucky listeners, and if you see a heart next to your name, that means you've been chosen. Like Shannon Fagan title over in Ireland, she saw a heart next to her name, and her, her, she's going to be mentioned in a fan shout-out. And uh, she sent me a message on Facebook and said that she was so excited that she finally got a heart next to her name. Unfortunately, <laughs> because of the time difference, she can't listen to us live, but she will be listening to us. So, little extra fan shout out to her. So, without any further ado, Eric, what's going on with our fan shout outs? Who do we want to thank this week? Well, we are traveling all over the world this week, as we always do, Jim. We're saying hello and sending out a hearty thank you to Rachel Luxton from Brisbane, Australia. That's right. From down under, Rachel Luxton, thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, maybe you know the dude. 
I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, potentially. But thank you for listening one way or another. Uh, we're also saying hello and send out a great big thank you to Isabel Carnero de Franchichi. And I hope I got that right. Uh, from Sao Paulo, Brazil, one of those places I would love to absolutely go. So, Isabel, thank you so much for listening to us. Diane McNeil from Castle Rock, Colorado. Castle Rock, that's a really cool sound in town. I have not been there. I've been to Colorado, but not Castle Rock. Diane, thank you for listening to us and live long and prosper to you. I'm also saying hello to Chris Harrington from Belfast in Northern Ireland. I believe Jim has some ancestors from that area. So Chris Harrington, thank you for listening to us. And we're also saying hello this week to Richard McGraw from Kiku Harbor, Michigan about 20 miles north of Detroit. Hello, Windsor. Hello to you, Richard. Thank you so much for listening to us. And Charles, who would you like to say hello to? Let's start off with NJ Bordeaux from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Top fan, Bridget Burns from Maryland, USA. Robert Manuel from Wellington, New Zealand. Jamie Zetta, Hong Scythe from Tennessee, USA. And Sean Wells from Tucson, Arizona, USA. A lot of people want to make sure that we include USA in it in their names this week. What about you, Jim? Any from any from New York? Well, I don't have anybody from New York, but as I said, we we do have we do want to say Kapla to Top Fan. Sharon Fagan Tidell from Rosecommon, Ireland. I don't know where that is, but my grandfather uh, is from Ireland, which I think is pretty, pretty cool. So um, he's from Donegal. So thank you for listening to Shannon. We'd also like to say thank you to Russ Gleason from Pennsylvania, just like Frakes, Picardo, and Delancey. Oh, that's right. That's right. They're all from Pennsylvania. How cool. And thank you for listening to Russ. We'd also like to say thank you to Robert Gagnon from Boston, Massachusetts, which is the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. We talked about that a little bit last week. So thank you, Robert, for listening. Go Red Sox. We'd also like to say thank you to Bonnie Brown, who's listening in Australia. And last but definitely not least, we'd like to say kapla to Margaret Callan from Liverpool, England. There's a couple of lads that I remember from Liverpool. They had a little band. Um, I don't know what they were, the, the, the grasshoppers or something. Yeah, I don't know. something like uh, that. I know. Yeah, they, they came from somewhere, somewhere over there. Anyways, thank you for listening to Margaret in Liverpool. So we're not done yet, guys. We have a lot going on coming up. We have Star Trek birthdays. We have the convention calendar, Star Trek news, and of course, our highlight, a review of Star Trek Prodigy, a mock time. This is Chris from Trek Talking and Beyond, here to invite you to join us for the best science fiction-themed podcast on the Internet. Our elite team of Trexperts are here to discuss Star Trek and other sci-fi-related content, and we want to hear from you. Dial 646-668-2433 on Thursday nights from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. on East Coast Time. Hailing frequencies are always open, and we'll get you on the air to share your opinions. We have faith. You will call. And it's time for Star Trek Birthdays.
was not a Klingon song. All right, Grumpy Warp, we know that. He says that every week, but we love him anyways. Uh, we have a lot, and I mean a lot of birthdays, and we have one really big, really important one at the end, so you'll have to hang around for a special for that. But we always start out with our Star Trek birthdays, remembering those members that are no longer part of our Star Trek family, and for that, we turn to Eric. So, Eric, who are we remembering this week? Yeah, this week, our first remembrance goes out to Seymour Castle, uh, played Lieutenant Commander Hester Delt in TNG's episode, The Child. Uh, pretty good episode, and uh, somebody you definitely would recognize from that episode. So happy birthday to Seymour Castle. Happy birthday also to Susan French, who played the character Sev Maylor in TNG's episode, Man of the People. Actor Richard Evans played Isaac in TOS's episode, Patterns of Force. Uh, we're remembering Lou Antonio, who played Loki in, two, in TOS's episode, Let This Be Your Last Battlefield, or is it Loki? I can't remember. It might be Loki. I see that and uh, just automatically say Loki. Uh, so happy birthday to Lou. Uh, happy birthday and remembrance is also going out to actor Greg Palmer, who played Rancher in TOS's episode, Spectre of the Gun, an episode we love to talk about uh, on this podcast. And our last remembrance this week goes out to John McLeam, who played the character of Fento in TNG's episode, Who Watches the Watchers? So happy birthday to all of those from our Star Trek family who have gone before us. Uh, and Charles uh, has the start of the birthdays of the folks who are still with us. Charles, take it away. Well, let's start off with Emily Banks, who played Yelman Barrows. In COS's store lead. Barry Lynch played Ensign Stefan Desert in TNG's Face of the Enemy. Olivia Diablo played Amanda Rogers. <clears throat> Q in TNG's True Q. Catherine Leigh Scott played Marie in TNG, Who Watches the Watchers. Definitely a good episode of the Prime Directive. Mm, so good. Diane Salinger played Lupaz in DS9, Sitar and Darkness in the, and the Light. Ah, uh, Shakar. <laughs> hey, y'all. Marcy Brickhouse played Mona Lucid in DS9's Our Man Brigier. Mia Kirshner played Amanda Grayson in Discovery. Great version. I love her version. Her version's so bad. Phil Lamar played Admiral Friedman in Lower Deck. And Richard Poe played Dolivet in TNG, DS9, and Voice. So bad. I hate you, which just tells me how good of an actor Richard Poe is. <laughs> Absolutely. 
And uh, this is strange yeah, because uh, me, me and Charles have twice as many birthdays as Eric, which is unusual, actually. But that's good. That means we have more members of our Star Trek family with us than not with us, which is It's awesome. true. At least this week, and the, the nerd in me kind of wants to graph this out over the year and figure out, like, there's got to be some pattern in this. There's got to be some cycle to when the people who have gone before have more birthdays and when the people who are still with us have more birthdays. I don't know. I'm fascinated by it. Well, I've got a lengthy, lengthy list. Yeah. Um, I try to divvy them up as even as I can, but for some reason, my list looks a lot longer than Charles's did. I think it's because I have more text in mind. More, more okay. episodes, more people yeah. playing multiple parts and that sort of thing. Yeah. Plus, Jim, you so, actually duplicated the birthday in my list and Eric's list. Mm-hmm. Which I oh, yeah, that, you, so. yeah. You know why? Because I, I, put it, I put it in your list and realized the guy was dead and had to move it to Eric's list. I forgot to take it off of your list. I'm old and senile. That's what old people do. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what old I'm long of the tooth. For God's sake, give me a break. Yeah, right. As if I'm, 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 as if I'm way behind you. You're, you're, no, way, no, you're, you're a youngin. You're a youngin. Right. No, I, I'm oh, the youngin in this crew. I'm the youngin here. The youngin. <laughs> He's the youngin. All right, so let's start off with, uh, we want to say happy birthday to Doug Jung, who played Sulu's husband in Star Trek Beyond. He was also the co-writer of Star Trek Beyond, which is pretty cool. And I, you know, I didn't see a problem with what they, with, with them making Sulu a homosexual, because I went Hello. back, I, I do not remember a single reference anywhere that said otherwise. No. Not one. Sulu, ne- Not Sulu a never makes any comments. Uh, uh, Chekhov makes a couple of comments that kind of definitely steer him in a particular direction, but I do not believe that Sulu does. And at any rate, what a great yeah. way to pay honor and homage to George Takei himself. Yeah, I thought that was great. So happy birthday to Doug. We'd also like to say happy birthday to Sunita Henry, who played the doctor of the USS Kelvin in the Star Trek 2009 birthday. Why is she important? Because she's the doctor that gave birth to James T. Kirk in the Kelvin universe. So happy birthday. Uh, as much as I tried, I tried to find the name for the doctor. I couldn't find it anywhere. Uh, but she's the doctor with the big eyes. You would yeah. know her if you saw her. So happy birthday. I would also like to say happy birthday to Amik Bryan, who played Lieutenant Paul Hickman. In the TNG episode, Identity Crisis, he also played Ian Troy, Ian Troy's father in Dark Page. That was an interesting fact. Happy birthday to Amick Bryan. We'd also like to say happy birthday to Gregory Sierra, who played Corbin Entek, DS9's Second Skin. That was a cool episode where, where Kira wakes up as a, as a Cardassian, kind of like yep. when... Deanna yeah. Troy woke up as a Romulan, same type of deal. Kind, kind of, um, except with way more baggage. Yes, yes. Um, but you got to admit, though, Deanna Troy made a kick-ass Romulan when she got oh, going, she did. huh? No, she did <laughs> in that episode. Yeah, she, yeah <laughs> she came out, once she realized what her role was, she was, like, laying down the law. Yeah, yeah she was on fire. And uh, the next one, we'd like to say happy birthday to Deep Roy, uh, who plays Kiesner in the Kelvin Universe movies. 
Uh, he played all 285 Oompa Loompas in, um, in uh, the new remake of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. But he also was in one of my all-time favorite movies that I've watched a hundred gazillion times. I even I I went down and met Sam Jones and got my picture taken with him. I just love the movie Music by Queen. I'm talking about Flash. Ah, uh, and he played Fellini, who um, was um, uh, Ming's daughter's little pet that she dragged around on the chain that wore the little bells. That was Fellini, and that was Deep Roy. So I had to throw that in there. So happy birthday to Deep Roy! And now that you heard Flash. Ah, it'll be in your brain for the rest of the show. But that's pretty cool. <laughs> You're welcome. Music by Queen. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, we'd also like to say happy birthday to Sia Baton, who played Navar in Enterprise Bound. Uh, she was one of the Orion Slave Girls. Uh, we'd all, she also played Arena in Boys Drive and Tora Zial in DS9's Indiscretion, the first of three actors to play Tora Zial. And oddly enough, Tracy Middendorf, who played Tora Zial, the second actress to play her in DS9's episode For the Cause. So we have two of the three Tora Zial's birthdays on our podcast. That's pretty awesome. Um, We also want to say happy birthday to Susanna Thompson. And I think she's very relevant. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, well, not her in particular, but her character. She played Varel in TNG's The Next Phase. That was She played a Romulan. Uh, she also played Jaya in Frame of Mind, um, both TNG episodes, and Lenara in DS9's episode Rejoin. Um, that's the one where uh, Jadzia meets up with her and they kiss. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember the how big of a deal that was back then. But, but Foremost, she's known as the Borg Queen from Boy's episode Unimatrix Zero and Dark Frontier. Uh, Borg Queen is going to be making a reappearance on Star Trek Picard, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show, so you want to hang out for that. So just remember that resistance is futile, okay? We'd also like to say happy birthday to Leah Taylor Young, who played Giannis Tegan in DS9's episode The Prodigal Daughter. That's Ezra Dax's mother. We'd also like to say happy birthday to Lanny Chapman, who played Ensign Rager in TNG's Galaxy Child, Night Terrors, Schisms, and Relics. Wow. She showed up in four episodes. That's awesome. Yeah, she's one of those ensigns that sits up on the bridge there. Yeah, Pops up she's always there. Yep, yeah, she, I think she's got, cool. like, the second shift because I think she's usually on the bridge when uh, Data's on the bridge, like, in control of things. Yeah, you, you you would reckon if you saw her picture on our Facebook page, you say, "Oh yeah, I yeah. know her." We'd also like to say uh, happy birthday to James Cromwell. Most people know him from Babe, um, but our Star Trek people know him as Zephram Cochran from Star Trek: First Contact. He also got an uncredited appearance in uh, Enterprise um, because the clip when they when they showed. Zephram Cochran was actually from that movie, and he was uncredited with that. So he was actually on Enterprise as well. He also played Jaglum Shrek in TNG's episode Birthright. He played Hannock in DS9's Starship Down. 
and Prime Minister Nauru in TNG's The Hunted, which is awesome. And we have one more birthday to get to. We'd like to say happy birthday to Tammy Lean Tamita, who played Commodore O in Picard. But for those of us retro folks <laughs> out there, um, oh, yeah. you might know her as Kamiko from The Karate Kid Part 2, maybe, if you saw that movie. You probably did if you grew up in the 80s. I was surprised when I found out that the, the Romulan that kind of mind-raped um, uh, uh, what's-her-face there uh, was Kamiko's daughter. I was, or was Kamiko. I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a mind. My mind's just been blown right there. So anyways, happy birthday to Tamila Tamita. And last, but definitely not least, a good friend of mine. Um, I met her in New York, or uh, yeah, the Albany Comic Con pre-COVID. I don't even remember when that was, maybe 2017, maybe 2018, something like that. And uh, the story is my wife and I and my daughter Jamie went all the way to Rhode Island to meet Freddy Krueger. I was wearing a boot because I tore my Achilles. We were standing in line for three hours. Didn't move a person. I couldn't stand there any longer. I had to get off the line. My foot was swollen. I was in pain. Karen never forgave me. She said, oh, you went to meet Flash Gordon, but I couldn't meet Freddy Krueger. Well, he came to Albany. We went to meet him in Albany. We were right there, like second on line. And sitting next to Robert England was this person. Uh, she also does a podcast with me on Sunday nights called Stunt Treks. It's been on a little hiatus, but I've been keeping it alive by rebroadcasting all of our podcasts from the past. And we will be back with Stunt Treks again, all new episodes. So just just hang with me. It's, it's going to happen eventually, but we're keeping it going. Um, she's been on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. She's been on Star Trek Voyager. She was in one of my favorite movies which a lot of people can't stand, but I like it, 1941. She's been on Airplane. She's been on MASH. She has been on so many things, I'd be here all night naming them. You'll have to go back and listen to Stunt Treks to find out all the inside information. Just suffice it to say that she's a stunt woman extraordinaire. But I think of all the things that she has done, the one thing that I think she's most well-known for is she had a little role in a movie that came out in 1984, what's Craven movie, called Nightmare on Elm Street. And to date, she's the only other person uh, besides Robert England himself to actually play the character of Freddy Krueger. That's right. She actually plays Freddy Krueger, or rather, I should say, Freddy Krueger plays her. And uh, there's a scene in the movie where Nancy falls asleep in class, she wakes up, runs down the hallway, and she runs into the hall monitor. So in honor of our birthday girl, the one, the only, Leslie Hoffman, I want to play for you guys um, this line that Leslie made famous in Nightmare on Elm Street. Thank <laughs> you. 
And, of course, that is none other than the one and only Leslie Hoffman, who, by the way, happens to be on the line with us. Happy birthday, Leslie. Thank you. Happy birthday, Leslie. Hi. How you doing? How you doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Um, It's been a while, but I'm, I'm on the mend, so... Feeling pretty good at the moment. That's awesome news. And and what what did you do on your birthday? Anything special? Hang out with Robert England maybe or anything like that? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was uh, uh minus twenty five degrees uh January twenty first. Wow. You see <laughs> and, you know, and I love it when I when I hear people complaining about how cold it is when it's like it's only sixty or forty, and here's you and I with ice cubes on our fingers and toes because it's so cold up there. But that's what happens when you live up in the Northeast, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so, it's amazing. I mean, you you dare if you dare to go outside. I mean, it. I can't tell. Is that is that my connection? Uh, can you guys hear Leslie? I heard, I heard it too. I heard the crackling. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure what that is. I oh, it's the back connection. Again. I I I can't I can't hear you, Leslie. Yeah. Yeah, I can't I can't hear Leslie. Unfortunately. Mm. Okay. That's unfortunate. Well, uh, I, I'm sorry, guys. I just I can't hear Leslie. It must be that cold weather's freezing the phone line. <laughs> it mm-hmm. must be. Yeah. But um, yeah. So that was great. That that the one and only Leslie Hoffman uh was chatting with us briefly before I couldn't hear her any longer. Uh, we are working on bringing Spun Tricks back. So just be patient with us, and you'll be able to call and talk with the Leslie Hoffman live. And uh, yours truly, Uncle Jim, and I'll get that information to you as soon as Leslie and I can work out the details and uh, make that happen. So, um, anyways, I just want to let you guys know that it was Leslie's birthday, and happy, happy birthday to the one, the only, Leslie Hoffman. But don't worry, because coming up next, we have convention calendars, Star Trek news, and our review of Star Trek Prodigy, Time Amok. So, you definitely don't want to miss that. Trek Talking, all things Star Trek and beyond. Thursday night, 7.30 to 9.30, all hailing frequencies are open. iTunes, iHeart, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, and wherever fine podcasts are found. Trek Talking, boldly going wherever your mind is willing to go. And it's time for convention calendar. But before we do that, let me see if I can get Leslie back here. I'm not sure if we, if we can, but we're going to try. We're going to do our best. Leslie, can you hear us? Can you hear me now? Yes, hey. now we can hear you. <laughs> there she is. <laughs> we got her. <laughs> I don't know what happened. 
I don't know why. Did you hear me at all, or 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 you you never heard anything I said? I I just heard a bunch yeah. of static. Yeah, we heard a bunch of what you said up until uh, just the last couple sentences or so. So, but you sound great now. Yeah, we can hear you now. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was saying that. Uh, well, last thing I was talking about is minus twenty-five degrees and and what frostbitten feels like is that. Uh, it isn't that you feel like your fingers are frozen. They're actually being frostbitten. It it almost feels like your fingers are on fire. Yeah, it's not fun. If that makes <laughs> any sense. Not fun. Not fun at all. But uh, I am working with Leslie to bring back stunt treks at some point in time, so that's going to be interesting. And because we haven't been on in such a while, we can – we can actually go back and talk about Planet of the Apes again, which is one of our favorite topics. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Leslie, did you work? Did you work on uh, Shakar on the Deep Space Nine episode Shakar? Whoops, wait a minute. At all? Uh, I know that you were hmm. Vedic. Um, you were Vedic. What's her face when she hung herself? Was that? Were you on the set for Shakar? I don't know. The the operator keeps writing Chicago. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, not Chicago. <laughs> but um, <laughs> no, we uh, we will we will be talking with Leslie about all of her experiences on Star Trek, both Deep Space Nine, um, and Voyager, doubling Bellana Taurus. And Laura, she's got lots of great stories, and you guys don't want to miss them. And you can also reach her at the Leslie Hoffman Appreciation Organization Facebook page. So please, please check that out. And make sure you wish Leslie a happy birthday. So, you know, from last week. But anyways, make sure you wish Leslie a happy birthday. Leslie, she loves to hear Thanks. from you guys. <laughs> right, Leslie? <laughs> Oh yeah. Hearing from you guys yeah, no, is, is, I, it, is great. I think I think I got over 200 happy birthdays on my birthday on Facebook. Well, that's good. That means there's a lot of people thinking about you. A lot of good thoughts coming your way. Yeah, yeah. No, it was really nice. It was really nice to to see all all these happy birthdays and um, memes and things like that. I mean, it was made me smile. <laughs> and that's the important thing is as long as it, all that, all those, that, those good feelings uh, helped you feel better. That's all that matters. Yeah. That's the important yeah. thing. So, all yeah. right, guys. Well, well, hopefully... Right. It was good medicine. Yep. And, and I think it'll be better medicine when we can get back to stunt tracks and we can, we can schedule that and talk about all kinds of fun stuff, including Planet of the Apes. <laughs> so, yeah, all right, guys. And, uh, and hopefully 
I don't know if I should start. Well, I'm not going to do it tonight, but hopefully I have a, a announcement or secret that, well, you know about, but uh, right. I don't know if I should make it public yet because I could end up on the cutting room floor. <laughs> True. True. We, we, we better wait until it's actually there. <laughs> Good idea. We can save that announcement for stunt treks. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, Leslie. Well, happy birthday. I'm glad you, you had the time to give us a call and chat with us a little bit tonight. And I'm glad that you're feeling better. And I'm really glad that you called. And I'm glad that you had a happy birthday. So thank you. Thank you so much. And I look forward to talking with you again on Stunt Trek. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm going to leave now and... And my dog is going nuts, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go nuts with my dog. <laughs> <laughs> Try to stay warm, Leslie. <laughs> oh yeah, Thanks for that's calling. the other thing is that I have all the heaters on and the room is still cold. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm right there with you. I got the heater on right next to me here doing the podcast. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Leslie, and happy birthday. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care. All right, guys. It's time for convention, 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 convention. Calendar, 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 calendar. All right, guys. It's time for convention calendar. Please check with the venues for restrictions and rescheduling in the event of any COVID-related incidents occurring. And, Eric, what's on your list to start us off with convention calendar? Well, we are checking out San Diego Rocket Con, which I just love the name of that, Rocket Con, February 19th through the 20th, 2022 this year, Scottish Rite Event Center in San Diego, California. What a beautiful town. Uh, we're also checking out Shawicon, Shawicon, uh, February 19th through the 20th at Espace Shawnigan in Shawnigan, Quebec, Canada. So uh, go check that out, February 19th through the 20th. And we're also uh, tracking Fan Expo Vancouver, February 19th through the 21st in Va- at the Vancouver Convention Center, which I have been to a couple of times in Vancouver, B.C., uh, it's a pretty cool place. There's a lot of stuff going on there, and it's right on the water, which, of course, is beautiful. So go check out Fan Expo Vancouver. Jim, which conventions are on your list? Well, I've got some pretty good ones here. Uh, we're tracking Great Lakes Comic Convention 2022, February 25th and 26th at the Macomb County College Sport, Macomb Community College Sports and Expo Center. Whew! <laughs> in Warren, Michigan. <laughs> wow. Uh, we also are tracking Bold City Con, February 25th, 26th, and 22nd, 7th in Jacksonville Fairgrounds, Jacksonville, Florida. And last on my list is Collecticon Orlando, February 26th and 27th, 2022, at the Orange County Convention Center in Orlando, Florida. And Charles, you're wrapping up our convention calendar. And what do you got on your list? Well, let's start out with Hill County Comic Con, March 5th and 6th, 
on any of those conventions, I recommend getting in touch with the venue where it's being hosted or maybe do a web search and find out on ticket information and that kind of thing. So that's our convention calendar. And we do have a caller on the line. I think I know who this guy might be. Hey, good evening. Thank you for calling Trek Talk. And what's your name and where are you calling us from tonight? Is it warm where you are? David. I'm calling in from Portland. David. From Portland. Ooh, David, I thought I recognized that number. How you doing, David? <laughs> Pretty good. I just wanted to uh, wish Leslie a happy birthday, and maybe we should clean it in a clean-on style. Well, uh, <laughs> yes. <you're laughs> One of these days, I'm going to have to get that whole that whole thing and cling on, and we'll do it. That That's absolutely okay. right. <laughs> I'm just not that fluent in Klingon. <laughs> but, um, Me yeah. neither. <laughs> Yeah, maybe 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 one of our listeners is, and they can uh, transcribe it in its original <laughs> Klingon. Because <laughs> uh, Warp always says it's not a Klingon song, but I think he might be mistaken. I think it was originally in Klingon, just like Shakespeare was originally in Klingon. Same thing with Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah, same same thing. <laughs> well, uh, thanks for calling, Dave. We love to have you along for the ride. So, and we're not done yet. We still got a lot to talk about. So. Don't you worry. Oh, we have coming up, we have our Star Trek news, and we got some great stories. And, of course, we still have the review of Star Trek Prodigy, Time Amok. That's right. Not Amok Time, Time Amok. So we still got a lot of show to get through. So don't you worry. This is Chris from Trek Talking and Beyond, here to invite you to join us for the best science fiction-themed podcast on the Internet. Our elite team of Trexperts are here to discuss Star Trek and other sci-fi related content, and we want to hear from you. Dial 646-668-2433 on Thursday nights from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. on East Coast Time. Hailing frequencies are always open, and we'll get you on the air to share your opinions. We have faith. You will call. And it's time for Star Trek news, but first, we have another caller on the line, and... Uh... Yeah, see who this is. Hey, good evening. Thank you for calling. Trek talking. What's your name and where are you calling us from tonight? Shannon, I'm calling from Kentucky. I was going to say, I think we know this person. Yay! You having some some egg rolls, Shannon? (laughs) I did. I was just finishing dinner. That's why I didn't call until now. (laughs) I I, I saw some egg rolls. They They looked good. What were you dipping them in? That was some sweet chili sauce. Like Thai chili. Oh man, that sounds so good. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, wow. the egg rolls were on an Elcar's table, which would looked very and cool. Elcar's plates and bowls. I just got for Christmas. So, yeah. That was slick. I love it. Oh, I love it. Thank you. Totally, totally tracked out and totally tasteful. I love it. 
<laughs> I know. I, I'm so freaked out. I almost didn't use them, though, because I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to break them. I'm like, you know, if I have them, I play with all my toys, all my Star Trek stuff is out of box. That's you right. Know, so I play with it. So. I, yeah, I – I used yeah. to do that too, but now I leave them in the boxes and I hang them on the wall so I can enjoy them. Or I'll try yeah, to buy I two, to one that it. I can play with and one that I can keep. So I just got to buy two. Well, that's, oh yeah, <laughs> I have only got the one box. So I guess if I get another box, I will I will ha- save them, I guess, and put them up with my collection. But yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they're because they're in the original packaging, which is just as worth just as much as the actual item, which is strange, but. Well, I have I have a Pez dispenser. The whole box is autographed from when I worked at the convention. But the reason it's out of the box is I don't like Pez. So <laughs> it's still in the box, and so it's all autographed <laughs> because I never t- well, opened the box. <laughs> I think I think Pez is an acquired taste. I don't – Pez is not – I don't know what you would call Pez, but it, it's, it's an acquired sugar. taste, I think. It's just, yeah, yeah, it's just, like, it's just compressed sugar. Yeah. yeah, and it wasn't worth, like, it wasn't really going to, but I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to eat that. So I left it in the box, which worked out fine for when I, like I said, I worked at a convention and they were all there. <laughs> it's like, okay, oh, well, they all signed it. All right. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, as I said earlier, it's time for Star Trek News. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Incoming transmission. Enter authorization code. Command codes verified. Define parameters of program. Level 9 authorization required. Specify parameters. Transfer of data is complete. Black alert. Black alert. All right, Charles. Not Charles. Eric, you got the first story, and it's a doozy, and it's a good thing that we have David and Shannon with us because we got a lot to talk about. So why don't you get us started? Uh, you better believe it. Star Trek Picard Season 2 trailer offers a yeah. first look at Whoopi Goldberg's return to Guinan. In Season 2, Yay. Picard and his crew take a journey into the past. Picard, play of course by Sir Patrick Stewart, must enlist friends both old and new to confront the perils of 21st century Earth in a desperate race against time to save the galaxy's future and face the ultimate trial from one of his greatest foes. In the trailer, Picard seeks out Guinan at her bar, appropriately named on uh, named Ten on Forward Avenue, of course, because she can help his team quote understand the change in time. Your answers are not in the stars, Guinan says, and they never have been. Later, she tells Picard that you have one final frontier yet to come. The ten episode season, uh, second season of Picard, will debut on Paramount Plus on March third. New episodes dropping weekly on Thursdays, uh, as always. Production is currently underway on the show's third season. Along with Stewart and Goldberg, season two of the show stars Allison Pill, Jerry Ryan, Michelle Hurd, Evan, Ungor- Evan Goria, uh, Orla Brady, Issa Briones, Santiago Cabrera, and Brent Spiner. John Delancey will also reprise the role of Q, while Annie Wershing will appear as the board queen. And I believe what we've learned in the past couple of days, and I don't think I'm spoiling anything on any future stories I'm looking ahead. No, is that we know for sure now that uh, season three is the last uh, that we will see of Picard. It's a limited run. So seasons one, two, and three, they're going to be good, but they're going to be limited. Um, So there we go. That makes sense because they said that they wanted year-round Star Trek and they wouldn't bring a new show until another one was canceled. So... Picard mm-hmm. wrapping up makes room for something else to fall in there. Maybe 
Section 31 or the Starfleet Academy. Who knows? But you guys... Or a seven show. Yeah, that too. Let's not say canceled comes to an end. That's and right. If I recall okay. correctly... Okay. We don't uh, cancel Star- Picard. <laughs> Star Trek was original. Star Trek Picard originally was only going to be 10 episodes one season. If I remember right. correctly, it was going to... Patrick Stewart said it was going to be like a 10-hour movie, and then it, mm-hmm. it, it was so popular that they they made it into three seasons. But it, I don't think it was never intended to be an ongoing thing. I think it was always intended to be a limited run. So, mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah, there's some just practical things. <clears throat> so they didn't cancel it. Picard, Picard started right. his show when he was 81 years old. So, you know, I mean, I hope the man runs until he's 100. But I got to believe that it gets a little bit harder every single year. And it is, Picard is the type of show that you sort of want told, I think, in a limited run. Like, it, it, it's about a person, you know, it's about his experiences, his, him reconciling his past, da-da-da. And I don't think that you want to tell that story for seven seasons, for example. No, I think you're right. I, I think but you're let's definitely... talk about. But let's talk about this so, trailer, Jim, right? So wait a second. <laughs> you guys, you guys want to... You guys want to want me to play the new trailer? You don't want to hear it, it, do you? No, yes, you don't want. You don't, yes, yes. No, David, you don't want to hear it, do you? No. No, I've only, I've only, I've only watched it nine thousand times. You don't want to watch no, it again. I've only watched it like five. Oh, five. All right. Well, well. Okay. All right. You talked me into it. Here it is, guys. This is the the final trailer. Picard season two. So I know you're listening to it, but while it's playing, you can envision it playing in your head. And we're going to talk about it. We got a lot to break down on this trailer, so enjoy. There are some moments that haunt us all our lives. Moments. Upon which history turns. Well, hello, my friend. What is this? What have you done? Welcome to the road not taken. Do you have any idea what's happening here? Reality has been broken. There is a divergence. I know someone who could help us understand the change in time. I'm gonna need some tea. Earl Grey, piping hot. Hello, Guinan. Your answers are not in the stars, and they never have been. Earth 2024. A single change. It's vastly more dangerous than you realize. None of our tomorrows are guaranteed. You're gonna have to let go. We're stronger together. You must bring us home. It's a very bumpy century. (laughs) But uh, I think I'm getting the hang of this. (laughs) I believe. You have one final frontier yet to come. Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! So, 
They kept the Whoopi Goldberg thing so top secret. Uh, I mean, we knew she was going to be on it, but we didn't hear anything Mm -hmm. about her at Mm -hmm. all. Nothing until this trailer dropped. And then I'm watching it with my wife, and I'm like, oh, my God. And my wife's like, Earl Grey, it's Whoopi. She loves Picard. And uh, when Whoopi (laughs) showed up, I was like, wow, Whoopi, cute. What more could you ask for? Um, But let's unwrap this this trailer a little bit. 2024, interesting Mm -hmm. date. Wow, right around Mm -hmm. the corner from us. Um, Which I find it interesting because the majority of the trailer happens in, in like, a totalitarian future and not in 2024. So, well, it's a, well, I mean, a a double time travel type of story. They travel back and then jump ahead and, or something, yeah. so I'm really looking no, no, forward to seeing. Well, maybe you know. I mean, you know the significance what? of that of that year, right? Uh, from DF. Bell riots. Bell riots. Bell riots. The bell yeah, riots. So yeah, the bell riots. So I'm sorry, so I thought I was muted. So sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 you're right. So, so I mean, I think what we're seeing is kind of the the fallout from that. And mm-hmm. what's interesting is I I don't know if the sort of fascist stuff that we see, I think it's from 2024. I don't necessarily think that's from like the Picard time frame. I think that's what they see when they go back in time. That's mm-hmm. kind of what's becoming uh, in this version of 2024 here. That's my guess, but I don't, I don't know. Well, so there's a couple other things we got to talk about. Uh, but this, mm-hmm. First of all, the Boar Queen. Yeah. Um, they wake yeah. her up. Uh, so I... I, I Again, I'm guessing, but I, but this is what makes Star Trek so fun, um, <laughs> is that she she appears to um, uh, assimilate or 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 do something to Doctor Girardi in the trailer. Some she does something to Doctor Girardi because uh, Girardi wakes her up, and Picard wants to use her knowledge to travel. I'm assuming back to 2024. I'm assuming I don't know, but. When Picard looks out, when Picard is in his in his um, uh, study or whatever, you can see this red um, um, hexagonal shield up in the sky, which is very similar to that force field shield uh, thing um, that we saw in Star Trek Picard. That was around um, around the planet where the Fenris Rangers were there. Um, mm-hmm. You guys. So uh, he's on a planet with a shield around it, which I'm assuming would be Earth, I think. That's where his mm-hmm. chateau was. Um, so there's that. But then we see a shot, the, the, the most interesting shot, I think, which is the one I want to talk about, is he's standing in his, in his uh, den. And on the wall behind him is, a, is the picture of the Enterprise that we always see hanging above his fireplace, above the mantle. However... However, this is not the Enterprise D as we know and love it. This is the battleship Enterprise, either mm-hmm. at Unimatrix Zero or maybe Wolf 359, although I think it's more like Unimatrix Zero at that point. Um, and it's battleship Enterprise. I mean, it's, it's blowing away seven board cubes at one time. It's, it's a pretty uh, nasty, pretty heavily armed ship. We also see Seven of Nine without any Borg implants, which leads you to believe that either her parents never went 
to see the Borg, or they went and came back with the information that the Federation uses to defeat the Borg. Um, so there's a lot to unravel here and a lot to talk about. So what do you guys think? David, what do you think? What are your thoughts? Well, <clears throat> I kind of got the <clears throat> – I kind of got a uh, first contact vibe when the Borg Queen went back in time the first time in the movie First Contact and uh, kind of made me think of that maybe the Borg there, even though, yes, they went to, what, 2063, I think, and this is now supposed to be 2024. I don't know how they went back further, but <laughs> it made me think that the idea that they somehow, like Section 31, maybe did something to make the Queen go back further, I guess. I don't know, maybe they had some sort of storage for Borg Queens or something. <laughs> but it's interesting, though, because in the, in the trailer, the Borg Queen looks like she's actually back in time with them and to, I guess, 2024. And, um, well, my thought, I think we see, I think we see in the trailer the Borg Queen before she's the Borg Queen. I think we see her as a human on Earth and, and before she becomes the Borg Queen, which is, if that's true, that's interesting because we actually, in essence, will see the origin of the Borg played out because we don't know anything really about the Borg or where they came from or how they showed up. Uh, so I think we see the Borg Queen on Earth in 2024 as a human, if I, if I remember correctly. I could be wrong. I've been wrong on a lot of things, so there's nothing new about that. Ask my wife. I'm wrong hundreds of times a day. But I do mm-hmm. believe that we see the Borg Queen as a human on Earth in 2024. So I think the whole thing, mm-hmm. and if you remember, if you remember the first time we meet the Borg, whose fault is it? It was Q. Um, data? Q. Oh. <laughs> it was Q. Q snapped his finger and through the Enterprise at the Borg before, I think two years before they were supposed to meet the Borg, he changed time by doing that. And so it only would make sense in a, in a roundabout way that he would, maybe that never happened or I don't know, but with the fact that Q is involved, the Borg are involved, the first time Q was involved, he sent the Enterprise to the Borg. I just think there's are something you- going on there. So, Are you talking about the first time the Borg was mentioned or the first time they saw the Borg? Because the first time they mentioned the Borg was actually in the movie Generations, when, well, uh, it, as far as timeline goes, because this is when they rescued Guinan from that shuttle or that transport. Well, uh, Bo- um, Q snaps his finger, if you, rem- if you remember, when Guinan's wiggling her fingers at Q and Ten Forward. Mm-hmm. He snaps his fingers and sends the Enterprise system J25, and they encounter the Borg at the, for the first time, which, if I remember correctly, uh, I think it was stated in the episode that that, that was two years before they were supposed to meet them. Am I correct, Charles, Eric? Yeah. I think it was two years yeah. earlier than they were supposed to. Yeah, it was in the episode Q-Who. Yeah, one of my favorites. Um, so, yeah, so we could be seeing maybe maybe Q doing that altered the timeline, and maybe he undoes that, and we see what happens when, I don't know. But I, 
I just find it suspicious that the first time the Borg show up, it's with Q, and now Q is back, and the Borg are back. I find that coincidence. What uh, What do you think, Shannon? Well, <laughs> I know you all like Q. I don't like you. I mean, I understand what why we have Q, but I, I don't well, like and I, I would Yeah, and I would say, Shannon, I, I'm kind of there with you. I'm, I'm like, I hope this is not just another Q shenanigans story. I mean, and they're Q. Yeah, like when but... he... Yeah, but yeah, because you know he gave he gave Riker the the ability to become a Q to corrupt him and stuff. And so yeah, we don't want him just doing that. There has to be some part for him to be there, other than just to cause problems. That's right. Otherwise, it's just the same old, same old. Right. But so is this the end of our trial that we started at the first episode? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the trial never ends, supposedly. But come on. That's what he said. <laughs> he did say that. Mm-hmm. So uh, you, you've been awful quiet, Charles. Why don't you jump in here? What do you think about the trailer? You have any thoughts about it? Any ideas? I haven't sat and really dived into it enough. I know there's a scene with Rios that he's got a badge on his uniform, and I'm wondering he goes. He's really surprised to see it. And I'm almost wondering if that kind of looked like it was a Starfleet badge. Which is an interesting one, thinking that he's not part of Starfleet. So, a lot of questions, and I think I just want to see the episode to really understand what's going on first. And what's cool about that particular scene is you see Rios actually battling three Federation starships, and he blows one of them up. And they're small starships, kind of like the Equinox. They look like they're they're small starships. Yeah, they, um, yeah, they might even be small freighters like the La Serenia, which is actually I just saw I saw a still picture, and it was an Equin, Equinox along with the steam oh, runner. Oh, was it? Okay. Oh, and the steam runner too. That's right. Yeah. So maybe he blows up a ship, and he's arrested, and they have him in jail, and that's when that's when Rafi and Seven rescue him from the police. Uh, detention, maybe I don't know, but I'm loving it. I can't wait to watch it. Eric, got any thoughts you want to share about the trailer? Well, I just think there's some really interesting stuff in here. I mean, I'm all for what if type stories, which I think this basically is. Um, I'm a little concerned with what I see going on with Elnor here. I don't, I don't know. Hopefully, he makes it because uh, that would that would suck to lose him. Um, the I was looking again to try and find the stuff that you said about seeing the board queen before she became a board queen. I wasn't able to find that, so I'm gonna have to watch that okay. a couple more times. Cause, okay, uh, there's a scene where there's a woman in a red dress walking across a street at night. That's yeah, the board okay. queen. That well, uh, that's, well, the, that's, that's, that's the actress. Okay, go ahead. That's the actress who plays the board. Let me let me clarify that. I see. That's the actress okay. who plays the Borg Queen, and I, I just don't think they would intentionally use the same actress for a different role if there wasn't something a reason for that. I yeah, I definitely. Saw, well, no, I definitely saw that scene. I saw the blonde hair, and I just thought it was uh, the woman who played the doctor. But I I was probably because they don't show her face; they just show her from the back. But. Yeah, I gotcha. Uh, so anyway, I'm I, like I was saying. I think my main 
comment on this is that the trailer, first of all, looks awesome. I mean, the special effects, of course, and everything look awesome. I love the shield around the Earth. That looks really cool. Um, I do like Shannon, though, just hope that it's not another kind of Q shenanigans story because I think his episodes come and go in TNG and they're okay as one-offs, and there's just about the right number of them throughout seven seasons. Like, I didn't really crave more Q episodes during TNG. Now we're going to have a whole season where Q has an influence, so I'm just really hoping it's another story that allows us to kind of dive a little bit deeper into Picard, either his past or his decisions or his psyche or or something like this, because the show is Star Trek Picard, and to me the special stuff about this show is that it is about a particular person and the kind of fallout from all of his decisions throughout his entire career. So I just I just want more of that and not too many Q shenanigans. <laughs> well, you know, you know what's interesting? Um, the final episode of TNG, Q does a what if on Picard. He does. all good things. He and does, and I so love that. Yeah. If you picture, this is what I'm thinking. Back, back in the 80s, that's how they did. They did a two-hour a two episode, and that was it. But imagine taking that episode, all good things, and, and, and making it the way they do things today with the serialized episodes. And instead of nailing it all down, boom, 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 in two hours, if they showed you everything that happened in that thing across ten episodes, that's the way I'm looking at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Well, and I will say that the, I, do, I do like the little, I think there's one little callback to perhaps Star Trek Four here, because to me, it looks like they're doing a slingshot maneuver there, man. I think that's how they go back in time. Real super close around the sun, little gravity maneuver whisk yourself back in time. So I like that kind of recall back to not only Star Trek four, but the time that they did it back in TOS. And I'm not going to recall the, the uh, episode name, but when they go back to 1968 or whatever uh, in the army. I thought they did that in a movie. Well, they also did it in a movie. They did it in Star Trek. They did an episode two where they, where they had to put somebody back because his, his grandchild is going to be an astronaut kind of thing. That's right. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so it looks like they're doing a slingshot maneuver, which I think is pretty cool. So I'm, I'm, I'm very curious in, like, who this person is, this child that they show getting a mind meld, maybe forcibly applied to him. I have, uh, you know, we've talked before on the podcast about problems that I have with forced mind melds. Uh, and so it'll be interesting to see how they play that with this adult man and this child boy and the forced, maybe forced mind meld. Ugh. That sounds just really creepy to me. So we'll have to see yeah. how they how they play that. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm really I'm really psyched about it. I can't wait to see it, and uh, we're gonna have a busy show because we're gonna be talking about Picard and Discovery. So um, we're gonna have a lot to squeeze in. <laughs> but anyways, so uh, speaking of squeezing in, guys, we're far from done yet. Uh, we still have <laughs> the Wrath of Khan returns. We're going to be talking about Discovery is nominated for a GLAAD Award, and we still have to talk about Star Trek Prodigy, Time Amok. So there's still a lot of show left. It's been a long road, getting from there to here. It's been a long time, but your time is finally here. You can feel the change in your thoughts right now. Nothing's in your way. And they're not gonna hold you down no more 
No, they're not gonna hold you down Cause we've got faith That's your call We wanna hear what you have to say We've got faith To believe In just talking today You've got faith In your fingers All you gotta do is Down now you can reach Us right now We've got faith and Aaron Nog Eisenberg is honored. And uh, Charles, tell us a little bit about it. Okay. Star Trek, Deep Space Nine Nog gets a neat memento to his honor. Third Trek, Deep Space Nine features a threesome of friendly relatives that, despite their looks, endear themselves to Trek fans for years during the show's run and for decades since. The family was led by Patrick Quark, the owner of Deep Space Nine, named after himself. Quark had a brother named Rom and Ram's son named Nog. As Ferengi, they were supposed to value making gold, press platinum over anything else. But Ram wanted to be an engineer and his son a Starfleet officer. That's exactly what they did. And his son ended up serving on the USS Defiant as a cadet during the Independence War. He was the first Ferengi to do so and because of that, became a legend among the fans. The man who played Nog, Aaron Eisenberg, also became beloved the fandom and was just extra for years in Star Trek Invention Circuit. Unfortunately, Aaron passed away just, just 50 years old in 2019. The folks at Star Trek created the vessel named after both the actor Aaron Eisenberg as well as a ship named as the Kircher. The USS, the USS Nog was created for Kircher Discovery and belongs to a new class, a vessel called Eisenberg class. Now you can own that ship thanks to Hero Collection. That ship should be available for sale in April. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would like to have an Eisenberg class ship in my collection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. I think that's really awesome. And uh, I've been getting a lot of questions. We we broke this story last week. It, it hit the presses, but a lot I've getting a lot of questions on our Facebook page and a lot of emails and stuff from people asking me. So I just thought it was something we should do again on the podcast. And so many people had questions about it. So here we go. Star Trek Discovery will be warping its way to a ten episode fifth season. That's right. Star Trek Discovery was renewed for a fifth season with season four um, with season four returning on February 10th. The fourth season will conclude on March 17th. Then Picard's second season will debut on Thursday, March 3rd. So we're going to have a few weeks where we have new Picard and new Discovery back-to-back on Thursday night, which is just incredible. Following the premiere, new episodes of the 10-episode-long second season will drop weekly on Thursdays. So they're, they're cutting 
uh, Discovery back from 13 to 15 episodes to 10, um, which I'm fine with because we're going to have new Star Trek around the clock, which is awesome. Uh, Plus, Star Trek Picard is currently in production for its third season. Later this year, Captain Pike, Anson Mount, number one, Rebecca Romaine, and science officer Spock, played by Ethan Peck, will be returning to the Enterprise at the debut of Star Trek Strange New Worlds, which I cannot wait to see. (laughs) On Thursday, May 5th, following the premiere, new episodes of the 10-episode season. Are you seeing a pattern here? 10 episodes, 10 episodes, 10 episodes. Yeah, it's the new paradigm. Um, It's the new thing. We'll drop weekly on Thursday, and Enterprise's brand new adventures in space don't end there. Strange New World has also been renewed for a second season. Woo! More ants and mount. What more could you ask for? Um, <laughs> the Cerritos crew will get up even more hijinks with Star Trek Lower Decks, third season debuting in summer of 2022. We'll be seeing even more of Ensign Mariner, Ensign Boimler, and the rest of the Lower Deckers with Star Trek Lower Decks. Uh, for the fourth season. Star Trek Prodigy's first season will wrap up with uh, episode 10 on Thursday, February 3rd, with the remaining season one episodes to debut in the summer of 2022. So what do you think? Well, I know what Jim's doing for Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) for sure. And I mean, you know, I, I hope people aren't too upset about these, this kind of like 10 episode paradigm. I know that um, some people miss the days of like 26 episode seasons and that kind of stuff. I just feel like, uh, you know, you have to kind of think of each episode of each one of these shows as a piece of amazingly rich chocolate cake. And, you know, you're only going to have 10 of those. <laughs> Um, right. And you can't, you can't, you, you wouldn't want to fit any more in because it would just be too much. Uh so, right, the yeah, portion amount. That's right. You, yeah, you, it's just the right amount of Star Trek. So I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't have problems with these arcs because I think 10 episodes gives you enough room to do a nice arc, but you don't have to kind of stretch it out the way they did with, like, the Temporal Cold War in <laughs> Enterprise, for example. Uh, and so also, if you binge uh, watch it, it gets really done quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. it's it's quick. And with, with, new, uh, with new Star Trek every Thursday, my problem with 10 episodes is, I'm a, I sit down and I'll like during the COVID I'd watch like the most excellent show I ever saw on Netflix, ten episodes, and then I forget about it. And then a year later, season two comes on. And I'm like, I don't even season two. And then I I can't remember what happened because it was so long ago. I lose I lose touch with it. So I think you know, by having new Star Trek short enough to re binge it then. <laughs> yeah, but, you wouldn't rather read uh, twenty-six yeah. episodes, right? No, no, but I, I won't have a chance to miss it because we're going to go from Discovery into Picard into Strange New Worlds mm-hmm. and the Lower Decks and the Prodigy and then back around again. So, but it, I won't have a time to miss watching Discovery because I'll be watching Anson Mount. So, I mean, I think that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I really hope that we have enough time on this podcast to cover everything we want because we've only got two hours and uh, there's going to be a lot of Star Trek. Yeah. Well, we're, we're, the, the show will be, we will, I, I'll make it fit. Don't you worry. Oh no, <laughs> worry. I know we will. I know we will. It, 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 we'll, we'll get it in there. So uh, Eric, what, what do you got? What's your next story? 
Well, Star Trek Discovery, of course, uh, is an amazing show, and it's been nominated yet again for another GLAAD Award as cast celebrates a season five renewal. Following on from last week's Makeup Guild nomination, today's 2022's award season continued with Discovery picking up a nomination for a GLAAD Award. The GLAAD Media Awards are, quote, to recognize and honor media for their fair, accurate, and inclusive representations of the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgendered, and queer LGBTQ communities and the issues that affect their, affect their lives. Star Trek Discovery was nominated for Outstanding Drama Series. This is the fourth year in a row that the series has been nominated with their first win last year. That's right, they won it last year. Wilson Cruz reacted to the news with his thanks to GLAAD for recognizing the diversity of the show with the added message, Star Trek and Discovery specifically is here to remind everyone that no matter who you are, you can help save the galaxy. The 33rd annual GLAAD Media Awards ceremonies will be held in Los Angeles at the Beverly Hilton on Saturday, April 2nd, and in New York at the Hilton Midtown on Friday, May 6th. Uh, Paramount Plus outlined their Star Trek plans for 2022 and beyond, which include announcing Discovery had been picked up for a fifth season. Many, Many members of the cast took to social media to share the official announcement images, including series star Sonequa Martin-Green, who, of course, plays Captain Burnham, who added the message, let's keep this thing going, shall we? Anthony Rapp showed his woot excitement on Twitter, (laughs) expressing how much he loves playing the role of Captain Paul uh, Commander Paul Stamets, and adding that he feels fortunate to, quote, continue to do so with all my amazing friends for season five. Wilson Cruz, who plays Dr. Hugh Colber, shared the renewal news with the message, season five, coming at you, baby. Cruz followed up that one with a more pointed message, responding to a tweet about certain outlets that have spread rumors about the show's cancellation, noting, quote, every season and we just keep proving them wrong. Some members of the cast of Discovery have been playing Dungeons and Dragons as a way to pass the time, and now they are taking it online for fans to follow along. On January 16th, the team launched a new campaign with Noah Aberbach Katz, Anthony Rapp, Lou Del Barrio, and Amy Alexander playing live on their Disco Does D&D Twitch channel. The plan is to play every week with the next stream scheduled for Sunday, January 23rd, uh, so this was in the past, but there's another one upcoming, at 1 p.m. PT, more information, uh, uh, PT, uh, Pacific Time. More information about the campaign can be found on at Disco Does DND, DND, on Twitter. And uh, we were, of course, very fortunate uh, to to have the DM on the show. Uh, was it just last week, guys? My gosh, yeah. it feels like feels like weeks ago. But yeah, just last week, we were able to talk to him personally about what it is like to actually play a game uh, with, you know, Anthony Rapp and Blue Debario and Ian Alexander. And uh, Noah was just awesome. He was so fun to have on the show. And uh, I have to tell you that I'm very excited about this additional awards nomination. Um, Discovery is by far for me the most like just inclusive show that I have seen Star Trek wise. And it just feels really good to me to see so many people represented. And I think they really deserve to win this award yet again. Yeah. And I, I think it's, it's great that uh, Noah's playing D and D and Tilly is going to be guesting on the, the next pod on the next broadcast. Woo-hoo. So, 
And uh, for those of you who don't know, that's his wife. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, we we, so, we did talk with him a little bit about that too. And he also told us that Grudge is a diva on the set. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys, if you didn't, if you weren't able to hear our podcast with Noah, you should go back and listen to it because you get the inside information as the types of characters that people like Anthony Rapp and Blue Debario play in D and D, which I think maybe gives you a little bit of insight into their psyche. Yeah. So yeah. super fans yeah, will love that. Guessing that yeah. I'm guessing that Grudge would like go and attack the dice when they roll yeah. them and just take off with the dice. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. Down your like AJ. AJ would do that. Those are my dice, Dad. Yep. And he'd run away with them. <laughs> yeah, my cat's do that. I, I got to lock him out of the room or he jumps on my head and runs away with my headset. That's happened more than once. No. <laughs> so now I, he, he's he got to stay outside. Well, guys, uh, yeah, he, he's a great cat, though. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, so Charles has our next story, which is an interesting one, because it's um, something that we... What? What? What's going on? Who's that guy? My room for all eternity in the center of a dead planet. Buried alive. Buried alive. How did he sneak in there, that sneaky little Tasmanian devil? Charles, Charles, you got a story for us. Ooh, the Rathacon returned to theaters this fall to celebrate the 40th anniversary. Blockbagers on target prepare for the Rathacon to return to theaters later this year. A fathom event celebrates the 40th anniversary of the seminal Star Trek feature film. Fans will have the opportunity to see Nicholas Meyer's Star Trek see the Rathacon again on the big screen during a limited three-night engagement running September 4th, 5th, and 6th at selected U.S. theaters. One of the most celebrated and essential adventures in the Star Trek universe Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, celebrates 40 years with the director's cut on the big screen. On return to... Re- on re- re- yeah. Routine training maneuvers, Admiral James C. Kirk seems resigned that this may be the last space mission of his career. But as an adversary from the past of Return with a Vengeance, Aided by his exiled band of genetic supermen, Khan Ricardo Montalban, brilliant renegade of the 20th century Earth, has raided space station Regulus 1. So a top-secret device called Project Genesis, vessel control of another Federation ship, now seems to set the most deadly trap for its old enemy, Kirk. With the threat of a universal Armageddon, the special 40th anniversary includes exquisite insight from Turner Classic Movies. Originally released in the U.S. on June 4th, 1982, while the screens are still a few months away, tickets are already on sale through Fathom Events website. Okay, who's planning on going to see The Wrath of Khan? Let's wow. hear it. I'm going to be there. I would, hope, I would hope we all are. <laughs> 
Well, what I will note yeah. is that the article made one mistake. It said fourth, fifth, and sixth, and it's actually got a weird run. It's actually the fourth, fifth, and eighth that it's playing. It's like a Sunday, oh. a Monday, and a, and a Thursday. Yeah. Uh, and I know that it's playing at least at three different theaters here in Portland, um, and I'm super I've, excited to see it. Yeah, it is September, right? September, yeah. Yeah. So September 8th is Star Trek Day. Uh, that's right. Yeah. You're right. So that's probably it's on my calendar. There you go. <laughs> she was like, that's I think important. that is that. I think that's Memorial Day weekend, isn't it? The first. Of- I don't know that. That's not on my calendar. Star Trek Day is on my calendar. So. <laughs> not Memorial Day. Labor Day. Labor Day. Labor Day. That's, that's right. I, I get those mixed up too. Yeah. Well, so what is yeah. this? Um, so it, it says in- exclusive insight from Turner Classic Movies. Is that the director's cut part of it? Or is there some Maybe. other stuff that makes it the director's cut? Because I'm not familiar with that term associated with this movie. Well, the director's cut had like two extra minutes that were, that were cut out of the movie. God knows why. But they okay. were. It was shown on TV, but not in the theaters. And it wasn't available on on DVD or VHS until they put out the Blu-ray director's cut which i think was I gotcha. a couple of years ago um but i i'm i'm hoping that they have like some nicholas myers interviews or stuff like they did with star trek the motion picture yeah that, that little really, thing yeah yeah that was super cool on tmp and i hope they do the same type of thing because the nice thing is that these fathom events give them the opportunity to throw those in right it's like a little mini doc thing that will show up in a in a documentary or some other uh, uh, deleted scenes thing later, which is super cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm definitely going to go. I think uh, I think a couple of friends are going to meet us down in Saratoga, and uh, we're going to see it down there. It's playing at three theaters down there too. So yeah, I'm I'm excited that we've got three theaters here that are playing it. Uh, in Portland, it's playing at the Lloyd Center at Century 16 uh, down on 82nd and in Clackamas Town Center. So uh, three awesome places to see movies. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I really am. It's going to be fun. It's I mean the motion picture. I love seeing that on the big screen, and uh, I well, haven't seen the Rat the Con, but yeah, this I mean, will be my first time seeing this movie in the theaters. Oh, nice. Oh, oh so that'll nice. be awesome. Oh, I did it last time. It was great. Yeah. Is it, it, it going to be uh, four, 4K or at all? Or? I don't know. Is I think it's IMAX, actually. That yeah. does, this does not mention a remastering at any higher levels, so I would guess that the best that they can do is, I don't know that this movie was shot on 70 millimeters, so it's probably just regular 35 mm. millimeter. Uh, yeah, I saw it on big screen. It wasn't like special as far as that goes, just a bigger yeah. one. Yeah, but it doesn't need to be. It's a sub battle, right? It's like, it's quiet and <laughs> con- contemplative. It's and, uh, uh, 10K forward. <laughs> Yeah, just remember to have your box of popcorn to show to block the thing going in his ear, because I had to do that every time. Every time, I'm like, ready to go. I'm like, I've got that popcorn right here. I can't see it. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, I haven't seen The Wrath of Khan since 1982. I was there when it opened, but that's the last time I saw it in the wow. theater. Cool. So I'm looking forward to seeing it in the movies again myself. Ricardo oh, Montalban's be... magnificent chest, gigantic on the screen. <laughs> and you know what? When when 
when that when that whole con speech comes out, I'll be sitting in the theater thinking, wow, all of my experts are all watching this at the I same know. time. I know. The same <laughs> line. <laughs> con! Con! I got to tell I'll you guys, thinking, if you haven't, I was just going to say, if you haven't done this before, after you see it in the theater, go home and watch it again on video. And if you haven't paused the DVD the second that Kirk just about says con, you have to do it because he makes the most amazing face that only William Shatner could make. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even look human. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I'll be thinking of all you guys when he says that. I'll be yeah, thinking of all my truck spurts because we, yep. we I, just for, for those of you who don't know, I play that clip to get us motivated at the, before we go live. I play that clip every before every podcast. And, I did not uh, know that. So, it's our music that gets us pumped up. It's yeah, top. right before we go live, I play that every podcast. So um, when, when I'm sitting in the theater and he says that, I'm going to think of you guys, and I'm going to know that we're all watching this right now and hearing that line live. It'll be so cool. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, we got a lot more to talk about, guys. One of my favorites, um, IDW is going to explore the Klingons with a K-less, the Unforgettable Comic Series. Dun, dun, dun. I'm looking forward to that. We also have our fan scores for uh, uh, Star Trek Prodigy, Time Amok. And uh, we're also going to review it ourselves to see how we measure up with the fans. So we still have a lot of show left to cover. So don't you worry. Hi, this is Jamie from Check Talking, here to invite you to join us for the best sci-fi themed podcast. Our elite team of Trexperts are here to discuss Star Trek and sci-fi themed content. Call 646-668-2433 Thursday nights from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. Eastern Coast Time. We can't wait to hear from you. Live long and prosper. Kapla! So I've got our next story, obviously, being Klingon Jim, that I am. If you guys have seen me waving my batlet around, I love to wave my batlet around. And people come out of the woodwork, they want to touch my batlet, and I'm more than happy to let them touch it. If that's what it takes, I'm all for it. I know a Klingon warrior normally wouldn't let people touch their batlet, but I'm not your normal Klingon warrior. So you can touch my batlet anytime you want. Just ask. So... Star Trek Klingon will reveal the legend of Kalos in the new IDW comic. Since their introduction in Star Trek, the original series in 1967, during the first season's Aaron of Mercy episode, the barbaric, warmongering alien species known as Klingons has been one of sci-fi's greatest foes of the Federation. Created by screenwriter Gene L. Kuhn, legend has it that the purple-blooded antagonists were named after Lieutenant Wilbur Klingant, Klingan? Yeah, Klingan. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, Klingan. Yeah, I think yeah. it's Klingan. I want to say Klingon because it's so close, but it's, it's I think it's, it's Klingan. With, and it's with a C, <laughs> so it's C-L-I-N-G-A-N, Klingon. Klingon, an officer who served <laughs> alongside Star Trek creator Gene Roddenberry in the Los Angeles Police Department. Now, after hundreds of appearances in Star Trek TV shows, animated series, commercial books, comics, and Hollywood feature films, Klingons have emerged as an internationally known race whose imposing stature is matched only by their inherent hostility. 
To honor the Klingon legacy, IDW Publishing is adding to their vast lineup of Star Trek comics and graphic novels with a special oversized one-shot in February aptly entitled Star Trek Klingons. It's all part of IDW's new expanded Star Trek offerings focused on the origins of the franchise's diversity of alien entities. Here in this extra-long issue, the topic is the rise of the feared warrior King Kalos the Unforgettable, written by Jack Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly of Star Trek Year 5, with art by a fan favorite Timothy Green II of Star-Lord, Annihilators, and Animal Man, Star Trek Klingons Chronicles, the first of the most formidable fighter in the Klingon Empire, <coughs> from the death of his cowardly brother, Morith, to his triumphant campaign at the Three-Turn Bridge. The next entry in IDW's new prestige format series will be Star Trek Ferengi in April, starring the Milky Way's most calculating and greedy aliens. So there you have it. That wraps up our Star Trek news. And uh, now we're going to talk about some Prodigy. You guys ready for some Prodigy? Woohoo! Yep. Yeah. All right. So uh, Time Amok is the episode that we're talking about tonight. And I do have a clip, which I have to find. Yep. Um, and again, rather than just um, pulling a random clip, uh, Paramount Plus issues these little vignettes on YouTube for the Paramount Plus channel, which features the actors talking about their characters and their roles and usually about that particular episode. And I just thought it would be more fun to actually play those clips than a clip from the episode because some of our listeners may not have heard these clips or seen them. Uh, so that's, that's what I decided to do again for tonight's episode. So this first clip is called Believing in Yourself, and it's Kate Mulgrew talking about last week's episode. Greetings. I'm Kate Mulgrew, and I'm the voice of Hologram Janeway in Star Trek Prodigy. This week's lesson is to believe in yourself. As we learned earlier this season, perseverance is important. But in order to have perseverance, you must first believe in yourself. It's up to you to save us all. Without the belief that you can truly accomplish whatever you put your mind to, perseverance will be difficult to find. But with that belief, great things can be achieved. I know you can do it. In the latest episode of Star Trek Prodigy, Rock Top finds this out for herself when she builds a warp matrix and prevents the destruction of the protostar and her friends. Whatever happens, I'm proud of you. The only thing she needed to do it? Belief that she could. That's right. Time amok. And as always, we start off with our fan scores, guys. And this is where you are part of the show. You can head over to our Facebook page, Trek Talking and Beyond, and every week I put up a poll for you guys, and I say on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the best, what would you score the episode? And every week we give the fan scores. And, Eric, what did our fans have to say about last week's episode, Time Amok? Well, James Google said, love Prodigy. It's as good or better even than other Trek series. Great story, great writing. Good enough that the animation makes it maybe a kid's show only incidentally, an 8. Uh, Ellen Smock gave it a 10. Prodigy continues to amaze me. It's just wonderful. 
Top fan Jacob Kyler said definitely a 10, A-OK. September Rose Keeler said it ended up being one of the more interesting episodes. I give it an 8. James Minstrel says 10, exclamation point. Dominique Colgan gives it a 7. Top fan Carlos A. Smith gives it a 6.5. And Felipe Ray gives it a 4.5. And so we averaged out our fan scores as we do every week. And this week, our fans gave this episode an average score of 8.3. So that's pretty darn solid. Uh, 8.3 puts it kind of uh, in that range. I mean, we've only been keeping uh, track for a couple weeks, but it puts it in that range where it might be uh, eventually our top Prodigy episode. We'll have to see. Yeah, as of right now, it is our top. We only we've only done it for three, but yep. um, it's eight point three for Time of Mock, eight point two for Kobayashi, and six point nine for First Contact. So right now, this is our top rated um, Prodigy episode. So yeah, so yeah. that's pretty exciting, and yeah, well, let's dig into it. So um, up next, guys, we're definitely going to dive in and talk about and review. Um, a mock time, and we've got we've, we've got a half an hour to talk about it. Please, please give us a call six four six 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 eight two four three three, and of course you can win the book of grudge as well. And we're going to be talking about Star Trek Prodigy. Trek talking, all things Star Trek and beyond. Thursday night, seven thirty to nine thirty. All hailing frequencies are open iTunes, iHeart, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, and wherever fine podcasts are found. Trek Talking, boldly going wherever your mind is willing to go. Well, now that we heard what the fans thought about the episode, what did we think about the episode? David, what do you think? What would you score this episode on a score of 1 to 10? Oh, let's see. Um, I actually kind of like this episode. <laughs> Probably better than the others. <laughs> um, it was it was an interesting little take on uh, w- what missions they were going through. So I don't know. I'm catching. I, I'm I'm gonna give it an eight point five. Eight point five. Wow, that's that's awesome. How about you, Shannon? What did you think about it? Well, it prefaces by I think the last week I given it like a five. So this was really good though because this because I have kids and so this is like what you know every kid has to find their place and their people, which I think this is about. So this tugged in my heart a lot, but I, I'll give it a nine. Wow, that we're getting high praise so far from our truck spurts, which is which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, we do have a caller on the line, too. You guys want to talk to a caller? Oh, yeah. What do you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's, yes. yeah let's, let's see. Hey, good evening. Thank you for calling Trek Talk. And what's your name and where are you calling us from tonight? It's Nate from Vegas. Nate from Vegas. Hey, Hello. just in time, Woo-hoo. Nate. So what well, did you think about, I've been about for this? I've been waiting for this all show. Oh, well, see, that's why we do it at the end, to make you listen, to build, to build it up, you know? That's right. <laughs> um, 
I want to note that you said, uh, again, you, you just, before uh, the advertisement went, you said that callers could win some book. Well, you had two callers already. Did they win the books? Well, no, no because they were they were already here. Oh. oh. They, they were, <laughs> and I only have... I only have one book, and both of them were on the line. Even though, even though you guys didn't know it, their numbers were already on my board. So, uh, oh well, then I, I guess I, I won the book. And I can't, I can't split the book. I can't cut it in half and give it to two people. <laughs> you can get, you can rip, the, you can rip the covers off and no, give the cover I, I to should, one person, yeah. and you can yeah. give yeah. the interior of the book to the other person. Well, I just That's ordered true. all of Rob Pullman's books. So if it's one of those, I just I'm getting them anyway. So yeah, yeah, it's it's the Book of Grudge. Yeah, the, uh, mine's supposed to be coming next week. So it's it's, it's a funny oh, little book. Shannon's all mm-hmm. set then. Shannon's <laughs> all set. So what what do you think about the episode, Nate? I I intentionally didn't include you in the fan yeah. scoring because that way we can hear from you live. Okay, well, uh, as I posted on the page, I give this one a nine. Uh, I was actually surprised to hear Shannon jump up from a five to a nine, so that's cool. Uh, the reason why I gave it a nine uh, is because it uh, did what I have been wanting all this time, uh, and that is uh, getting everyone involved. All the kids were involved in solving the problem. Um, Fixing the engine, I believe, was an expansion of the initial holodeck simulation uh, mm-hmm. of trying to teach them to work together to solve a problem. And that's exactly what they did, and uh, I loved it. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It was, it was a fun one. It definitely was a fun one. And how about you, Eric? What would you think? Oh man, I'm right there with uh, with our callers here. I mean, I I really dug this episode. Um, it had uh, I, I'm with you, Shannon, in that it tugged on my heartstrings. I just I love this rock top character and the fact that she's so big and strong and like doesn't want to be the head of security. You know, like and, and I think. And I think what's great is that in this episode, you know, the, the working together of these guys, and I, I, first of all, I love framing it at the beginning uh, as the chicken grain and fox puzzle, because that's one of my favorite little little puzzles to, to, you know, it's like something that kids can solve when they're, when they're young, if they, if they just kind of think outside the box a little bit. And that's all these kids were, were being asked to do, so... There's the tugging at my heartstrings. There's the fact that it was just set up really well. There was the fact that um, each one of them gets to shine, like Nate was saying, which I thought was really cool. And, of course, it just brought back for me memories of uh, the TNG episode Cause and Effect, which I really like. Um, It's one of those – it's like a Groundhog Day situation, but I don't know. In Star Trek, it just really works for me. (laughs) So I don't I don't mind that um, that they did that here. I also thought it was cool that we got a little bit more information about the diviner, and we got a really cool way of delivering a bad guy to the show. We've all been saying, okay, they're four thousand light years from the show. How in the world are are you know like why does it even matter? What's going on here? And they do it much in the same way that they do kind of in the movie Avatar where they, they beam some plans to the, the vehicle replicator on this ship and Dreadnought, uh, that evil General Grievous-looking robot dude, 
is replicated on the ship. And I just thought that was a really cool way to get the bad guys on the ship while staying 4,000 light years away. Um, so kudos to them for coming up with a way to, to actually do that. And then the last thing I'll just say is that I love at the very end, if you really like listen to what everybody's saying, Rock Talk takes sort of an indefinite amount of time to, to build all this stuff and to learn. And we know her time is moving much slower than everybody else's time. We know that she tried at least 276 times to bring Janeway back. And eventually she does. I think she's been on there for a long time, man. She learns, yeah. she talks about how she learns all of this science and all of this math. And, all, and I mean, I think we're talking like maybe years or at least. No, I think Janeway said, um, that it was about 270 days that she was, uh, no, what they no what they said no what they said was they said that she tried to rebuild the or she tried to build anyway. the contraption there 276 times before she got it right I think because that's what she was marking off it wasn't days it was like number of attempts so that's not I mean even if it was days that's like almost a year so that's a lot yeah. of time for this kid to kind of be alone and you know have to persevere and so I love that you played Jim the the um, Kate Mulgrew little sound clip there because this episode to me really does a great lesson of perseverance. You know, when the odds are down, trust in your friends, take what you've got, push forward, and you and you can make it in the end. So just great kid. I know that was a lot of talking. I give this one a nine. Well, I want to I want to piggyback really quick on Eric there uh, about uh, Dreadlock, Deathlock, whatever his name is. Um, <laughs> I watched a little bit of Captain Foley's from Trek Yards. He always does a, a a live right after he watches it in Canada, and uh, any of the Star Trek shows. And uh, in the comment section. Uh, there was a commenter, you know, we're always asking, hey, you know, if this is for kids, how, how are, are uh, you know, kids reacting to this show? Are they enjoying it? And one of the commenters had said that his daughter is eight years old, and at the end when his, the red uh, lights in his eyes light up, um, he said his daughter was like, oh, shoot. And then he, he said he kind of <laughs> laughed that loud when he heard his daughter say that. So uh, that, I just figured I'd put that in there because we were always wondering how the younger audience take this show. So, Well, I, I have one of my favorite characters on the show is Zero. And I'm just, yeah. I'm a deuce and it's so cool. We know nothing about him. He's so mysterious. I love Zero. Nice. I couldn't um, but I do have I do have a clip. Um, here, here it is. Hi, I'm Angus Imbe, and I voice Zero on Star Trek Project. A warp drive and its interior warp core is the part of a starship that allows it to travel faster than the speed of light. We need to see the engine. Never seen it do that. This process requires a huge amount of energy and a special substance called dilithium crystals. Jankum's just checking under the hood. This shiny girl has two warp cores. <laughs> just one will take us to warp nine. The levels of warp are called warp factors, 
and range between 1 and 9, with warp factor 10 being very rare. Uh, okay, here goes nothing. More like everything. <gasps> Yeah, I just, I love Zero. I just have a question, though. How did, how did Dreadlocks... Dreadnought. Is, is, Dreadnought. <laughs> is, is he, is he stored inside the computer core of the Protostar? No, 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 no. We, I think what we've got here, and I actually looked this up because I was expecting Nate, I must admit, Nate is a stickler for science, and I like that about him. And so I was expecting him to come back with how in the world did they beam a subspace thing to the protostar 4,000 light years away and have it happen so quickly. But I think what happened here was we definitely know the Diviner has access to some of the protostar systems. And so he sent a file to the protostar that, and remember they say that they can't make something else on the vehicle replicator when they want to make the whatever the warp thingy that they're trying to make, they can't make it on the vehicle computer <laughs> because a large file has capacitor. taken up all the space. Yeah, right, the flux capacitor. <laughs> and so I think he beamed a file 4,000 light years, which if you look up on Memory Alpha, they say that subspace communication and the speed at which it occurs is pretty variable in the Star Trek universe. So it's very possible they could have instantaneously done a 4,000 light year thing. Who knows? So that's yeah, how much sending the holographic doctor thousands of light years across Delta Quadrant. I mean, they, yes, they absolutely did that. And so it's it's like I was saying, it's like Avatar, where they like send it in and then it is replicated on the other side. So one of my favorite scenes is when Janeway shows up and says, "Okay, it's up to you," and it's Murph, and Murph is eating yeah. the engine <laughs> or something. Yeah, that was out. my favorite scene too. <laughs> And she just kind of rolls her eyes like, well, I'm not getting any help yep. here. Nope. <laughs> like, nope, nope, next. <laughs> but you know what? If, if Murph was big enough, she could have encompassed the whole ship and nobody would have blown up. No, there's that. That's true. It's so true. It's so true. true. Or at least she would have absorbed all the energy or something and then burped a little yes, bit. Yes, and I know I'm not going to say anything about because it's a spoiler, but I love Murph next to, like, the one that's on today was oh. great for her. So okay. Yep, yep. Him, we'll, we'll talk about that one next week. I, I, I don't want to say that was not spoiler. Yep. So, uh, Charles, before I dive into the episode, what did you think about it? What would you score it? Okay, I think instead of time squared, I think I want to compare this episode to All Good Things. Instead of a car passing through time, Janeway passes through time. And knows what's going on in each time frame. Mm-hmm. But unlike some of the time travels we've seen, I think this was the more unique one. Especially when all of a sudden everybody is in a different zone. I like that. I like that bit in there. But also, everybody disappears. Everybody's sitting in a different zone, not different times. <clears throat> so that we get to, we really get to see something going on with each character. As Nate said, everybody got their turn. I like the beginning holodeck where they sit there and it's like, okay, let's solve the chicken, the fox, and the grain method. 
but then we sit there and show the fact that it's like, okay, let's, it's actually going to happen, even though we don't expect it. And we get that balance between all, with all the different characters, all the different parts, and we get to get a little bit of, get a little bit of detail of every character. And I think it's great that of all the characters, that Rock Cog is the one that ends up eventually solving it. Mm-hmm. But she is such a sweet character. You just, how can you not fall in love with that little eight-year-old <laughs> playing that big, that big character? Mm-hmm. And she has such personality to that such big character. And I think this is one of their best episodes so far. I love the episode. But this one's definitely, I think, one of the best episodes they've done so far. And I think they're going to go right in between a few people and go at about an 8.75. 8.75. Well, I uh, I enjoyed it as well. Um, I thought it was fun. And it, like Nate said, it was to see everybody actually. I think this is the episode where we get a crew. I think this is the episode. Yeah. We now have a crew, yeah. which we didn't have until now, but now we do. So I thought that was great. And I really liked when Janeway was explaining how time was working, and they had, like, the giant clock with the little proto stars clicking around. And, you know, the one on the outside was barely mm-hmm. moving, and the closer to the center they w- was whipping really quick. I really liked the way they, sh- they, they, they showed that physically how time was traveling. I thought that was cool. Yeah. And, and they, yeah, I enjoyed the episode. They, they, you know, and I, I can understand that being that it's aimed at younger viewers. So um, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought this was one of the better ones they did. And, and uh, yeah, I recommend it. And I'm right there with Charles. I'm going to go with a, an eight, six, seven, five, three Oh nine. I think I knew you were going <laughs> to say that. I knew it. Right there with Charles. Well, it's because I'm retro, you know. It's, every time I can throw out a, you know, a retro thing, I will. Tommy yeah, Two-Tone. Yeah, yeah, Tommy Two-Tone. So, anyways, believe it or not, guys, that wraps up our show. We got it oh, all in. Isn't that we amazing? Wow. We did. Amazing. And we, we have three callers. Thank you so much, guys. I feel like our Trexpert team is actually, like, gigantic. You guys are so awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we have a big Trexpert team. And speaking of which, I want to say thank you so much to Shannon for sharing some egg rolls and some stories with us and, and talking with us tonight. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much, Shannon. Well, thank you for letting me hang out the last two years with you all. Oh, you're always welcome. There's always a seat at our table for you. And, of course, i got to say thank you to the Leslie Hoffman for calling in for a couple minutes on her birthday. Thank you so much, Leslie. I look forward to getting back to Stunt Treks and Meandering down the Planet of the Apes kind of aisle with you. Thank you for calling tonight, Leslie. Also, we want to say thank you so much to Nate for hanging out and truck talking with us. Thank you, Nate. Yep, for the little short time that it was. You're welcome. But it's always great to hear from Nate. Notice how I made that rhyme? I always have time (laughs) to make the rhyme. (laughs) And, of course, thank you so much to David for hanging out with us as well. Thank you, David. Yeah, of course. It was fun. It's always fun, isn't it? Trek talking. It just flies right yeah. by. 
And of course, last but definitely not least, thank you so, so much to my leading truck experts. We'll start off with Charles. Thank you so much, Charles, for hanging out and uh, truck talking with us. Thank you. Oh, it's always a blast to get talking Star Trek. It is, isn't it? And of course, last but definitely not least, we want to say thank you so much to our very own Eric. Thank you, Eric. Thank you all so much. You are the fuel that propels me through my week. I love doing this podcast. It, it is fun. It's, and, and we, we have some, uh, Eric, why don't you make the announcement of, of some of the upcoming specials that we might, that we're going to be having over the next six weeks. Oh my gosh, you guys, this one I am so very, very excited about. So we were lucky enough to be contracted by the good folks from StarTrekWines.com, and they have shipped uh, yours truly a uh, Armada 6 case of Star Trek wines, which includes six bottles of Star Trek wines in various themes. So you have the Andorian Chardonnay, you have the Klingon Blood wine, you have the uh, Cardassian wine. And we are going to start a little six-week mini-series here on the podcast, whereby myself and my good friend Paul, who is also, uh, I would say, a expert in his own right, uh, and he's also a guy with 25 years of experience of serving and drinking wine, uh, we're going to sit down and drink these things and talk about them, review them, uh, relate them to Star Trek episodes. Uh, I think it's going to be a good time. So look forward to that new segment coming uh, probably in a couple of weeks and then for uh, six weeks uh, after that. I, I'm very, very excited about it. Uh, this is a great opportunity, and um, and it's fun to be able to do this new segment for the show. And if you guys are interested in Star Trek wines, if you go to our Facebook page, Truck Talking and Beyond, you'll see an ad there for the Star Trek wines. And if you click on that ad and use the promo code, you get 10% off. So pick up a bottle of Klingon, of Klingon blood wine. Uh, and the bottles are really cool. We're going to talk. They're about really cool. You guys, you should well, at least so. look them up because the, the, and read their histories because some of the bottles have really cool stories as to how they came into being. So just check out the website, Star Trek wines.com. So also, I can remember we, what happened to warp when he drank too much Romulan ale. I'm surprised that they didn't, they didn't have prune juice. A warrior's drink. <laughs> the warrior's drink. No prune juice. You know, we know how Worf is with the prune juice. We do. He loves his prune juice, doesn't he? He just loves it. I protest. I am not a merry man. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> That's what happened. Uh, by the way, when I, when I worked at that con- that convention, I was his security. Oh, that's oh nice. cool. So this you were that's the cool. security? <laughs> yeah, I was. It was a lot of fun. I was security for the Klingon. It was awesome. So. Nice. So, um, so who who gets the grudge book? Is my question. Well, I'm I already ordered one, so I don't get it. Okay. There you so go. She- so you, it's down you can to, give it to Nate. Nate? Yeah. Nate wants – Nate, Nate gets, gets the grudge book. Me? Not you? Yeah, you were here first. Or, or okay, Leslie was even here before me. I can buy one of you all the other book. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, so I'm, I'm, I'm fine not having it. Thank so you very much. You can give it to whoever. There you go. <laughs> 
Well, I will. I'll send the cover to Nate and the rest to David. How's that? There you go. David, would you like me to buy the book for you? No, no. Yeah. I'm fine. I'm good. Okay. If you can change your mind. All right. Well, listen, guys, um, we're out of time, so I want to say thank you to each and every one of you guys for listening, no matter where you are. We really appreciate it. Head over to our Facebook page, Trek Talking and Beyond. Give us a like. Give us a follow. We really appreciate it. Let's see if we can make 84,000 followers. That would be cool. And as always, I just want to say to everybody, please stay safe and be good to each other. Hailing frequencies are closed. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Bye, guys. Keep walking alive. Let's see what's out there. Engage. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.